And welcome once again to another episode of Podcast Quincy's City View with Mayor Tom Koch. I'm Mark Carey as Media Director, and I'm happy to be sitting in the Mayor's office as we overlook the beautiful Hancock Adams Common, one of the most beautiful parks that we have in, well, anywhere. This, this park is amazing. It is a beautiful spot. And that's what we're going to focus on today. We're going to talk a little bit about parks because I was reading the Quincy Sun. It was right in front of me. People will be able to hear that. Uh, it's radio. You know, they can't see us. No, I, I know you like the sun because there's lots of pictures. <laughs> well, I did read the Quincy Sun this morning, and I, I was looking at uh, the improvements that are coming to Faxon Park. And today we're going to focus on, uh, I know it's one of your favorite subjects, because the city has never looked so good due to our parks and all the islands and the those beautiful iron fences at, at, at Marymount. We'll just go on and on, but... Let's first start you, you with... You are going on. Well, I am. Let's first <laughs> tell us the upgrades and the improvements that are coming to Faxon Park. Well, yes. Yeah. So first of all, uh, we worked very hard with Councilor Brad Kroll uh, before he left office, and I will work with Councilor Anthony Andronico. Faxon Park is one of our largest parks in the system. In fact, with the acreage that we've added up around there with the additional pieces, it probably is the largest park uh, in our municipal portfolio, if you will. It was given The initial part was given to us by the Faxon family in 1885. Now, a little history here. The Adams family gave the Marymount Park in 1885, and the Faxon family gave what was called South Commons Faxon Park in 1885. It appeared to be Ooh. a contest between the two families to get the donation <laughs> in uh, one ahead of the other. So, wow. So we're, we're grateful for them because the Faxons not only gave us Faxon Park, which has grown, but also Monroe Playground on Pond Street. And Let's explain to people where Faxon Park is, just those yes, that haven't uh, seen it. South Quincy abuts the Braintree Line, up behind Quincy Avenue on one side, Penn's Hill on the other, and then Faxon Park Road, of course. And it's mainly in a, uh, a wooded park with uh, trails. We've got a couple of ball fields up there. and So we're going to be doing some major renovations up there, and we are looking at adding some amenities uh, to the park and making it uh, more beautiful. What happens over time, particularly with big wooded areas, the invasive species over time take over. You get a lot of briars on the undergrowth of the trees. You get invasive trees that grow. And, and you know, you, we got a busy department that takes care of everything citywide. So we're not able to maintain it like an Arnold Arboretum, for example, uh, that Harvard oversees. So, but having said that, the, the parks um, obviously are very special in an urban area because it gives a place for people to go and enjoy nature, whether it's passive use, whether it's recreational, active uh, formal use, whatever it may be. And we saw that during the, the uh, particularly during the pandemic. People were looking to get out to get fresh air. Our parks saw incredible use during that time period. I mean, the paths and stuff were worn from it. It was pretty amazing. It was actually great. It was That's what they're there for. So, so Faxon Park, um, think about Quincy without those donations. Without Faxon Park, Monroe Playground, and Marymount Park. I mean, you know, we, it, it'd be Somerville. I mean, yeah. we have... All these great open spaces and the tree-lined streets, and it, it, it really separates us from many urban areas uh, similar to our size. So they're very, very important for, for people. And, and raising a family, of course, playing sports, the kids, um, it's just phenomenal. So, yeah, so uh, recently Commissioner Murphy had a public meeting with uh, Councillor Andronico. We are looking to do some some work, major work at, um, at Faxon Park. The funding has already been in place uh, for some time. Speaker Mariano, who's also state rep, has, has got us some funding in the past for Faxon, as well as 
over at Clubhouse and some other areas. So that's that's good stuff. We appreciate that. Marymount Park, we've talked a little bit about it, the improvements we made with Marymount Parkway and, and Pageant Field and the and the slope up to uh, the Park Department site. It absolutely, uh, everywhere I go, people saying it's, it's incredible. It's they, beautiful. They just drive it to look at it, they tell me. <laughs> you know, so It all speaks to open beautiful. spaces, too. You just breezed over that. But really, you're, you've always been a big proponent of open spaces in an urban community. Oh, absolutely. The it, philosophy it, it, behind it, that. It, it, makes, it makes all the difference in the world. One is you get... Not to get too uh, environmental goofy here, but um, trees are the lungs. I mean, the trees breathe in all the junk and breathe out oxygen for us to breathe. So without getting into the scientific aspect of all of that, the reality is if anything at all we can do to help the environment, plant trees is one obvious easy one to do. So we're doing a lot of that citywide because it does, it not only adds to the, the quality of the air, Provides shade, provides habitat for, for wildlife, etc. So it, it you can't lose with trees. Now, my DPW gets upset sometimes because where we plant trees eventually pushes the sidewalk up, and that's the balance we try to try to strike. Because if you go up and down the streets and there's absolutely no trees, um, it has a very different feel to it, the city and the neighborhood. So it's I think it's an important aspect of it. Squaw Rock is another beautiful piece, right? So. Square Rock was actually owned by the city of Boston, and uh, actually my father was the park director back in 1974. Walter Hannon was the mayor, and they worked hard to get that purchased from Boston because at the time, Boston didn't really care about what was going on out there. It wasn't important to them. So when you had these issues with rowdy kids and issues at Square Rock... So when did we buy that? 1975 You're was the final. I didn't know it was that. Yep. It was a good deal for the city, and uh, you know Boston could kill us at the time because they, they didn't want to maintain it. And they had no jurisdiction. Um, they they didn't want to send their police over here to deal with those issues that that didn't seem very important to them. So it it worked out well. That was uh, another another feather in Walter Hannon's cap uh, when he served us as mayor, state rep, city council, a good man. But that's another beautiful location. And as you know, Mark, we we have partnered with. The Massachusetts tribe of the Nepont, the Ponset Band of the Massachusetts Nepon- yes, tribe. That's right. The Ferris and the team. And we, we're looking f- to do some great things out there because that is uh, sacred land to them, as you know. And uh, it's an important piece of land to us as a community. Just magnificent views. It's all natural. It's walkways. Of course, there's a couple of buildings out there with with the Legion Post and one of them, early interventions in another one. And we're going to be looking to... Um, you know, change that up a little bit going forward as we deal with a master plan uh, for the park. So we're looking forward to that piece as well. And if you drive around the city, I mean, people have seen Kincaid. Kids are using that. It's phenomenal. Unreal. Uh, you go by Lebrec and all the work that's been yeah. done down there in House Neck at Lebrec. I mean, I, I, you can go neighborhood by neighborhood because yeah. pretty much every part of our city has... How many parks are there land. in the city? Well, there's, I guess when you add it all up, it's like 52 locations. Now, some of those are small pocket parks. And some of those would be Faxon, Marymount, or Squaw Rock. So, so the Department of Natural Resources, they have a lot of jurisdiction. Because um, on top of all the parks, then you've got the city-owned marshlands. And uh, though we don't go in and do maintenance to them every day, they do require maintenance. They do require cleaning from time to time that people put stuff in there that they shouldn't. Uh, Public Works handles the the flow of the water, if you will, with tide, tide gates and things. But So you add up the tree inventory stuff, all the parks the marshlands, and the cemeteries, that's all under the Department of Natural Resources. And you alluded to it, the traffic islands around the city, we, we've uh, spent a lot of effort over the years to beautify those. Mm. 
and uh, they, they look great. We have a number of people that sponsor them, sponsor the islands. They, they spend their own resources. I think we got like 50 of them sponsored. So and they look great. We're grateful to people to do that do that for us. So why um, is that so? Why is that all so important to a community? Well, I think it, it adds to the pride of a community. I, I think obviously people that live in those areas appreciate it. Visitors appreciate it. I think if you're if you're driving throughout uh, the city and uh, you're going somewhere, you're going to work, whatever it may be, the city's clean. And and I believe that areas like this you drive by, they, they kind of pick you up. You know, when, when something looks beautiful and things are in bloom, I think it's a it's a great pickup for maybe you're not having a great day and then you look and say, geez, that looks beautiful. Um, I just think it's an important part of who we are as a community. And um, and I think that's true of, of how most people maintain their properties as well, you know. I think since you've been in, too, you've had a lot of improvement, I think, to every single park pretty much around the city, right? I mean, new playgrounds. I've never, I mean, it's unprecedented, yeah, we've, we've, the amount of work that's happening. We definitely have touched every park and playground in the city. And we have a, a great department, uh, Dave Murphy and his team. We have great members of the park and rec board. We've used community preservation money. So the Community Preservation Committee has weighed in on some of the stuff. We have the hotel tax monies, which uh, the council approves. So... And thank God for that. And, and you know, Dan Romani was on the council. He was the author of the hotel tax money. I worked with him on that. I was chief of staff under Sheets at the time. But it allows uh, money to be used specifically for park and open space acquisition and some other categories. But that was really, you know, when you go back over time, the park department got whatever was left. You know, you get schools, you get police, you get fire, you get DPW. So it was like the crumbs left over what you could do with the parks. Well, I felt it was, it should be treated a little differently than that. And, and it has been. And so I, so again, thank uh, Councilor Monty for that and all his contributions over the years. Uh, I haven't seen Danny in a while, but hope he's doing well. Um, but that was a huge piece because it dedicated a funding source every year to go back into the park system. And that makes a huge difference. Well, I also remember a few years back because we have so many parks and so many it's pieces of property that the city has to manage that you as a CEO of this, of, as the mayor, right, have to make sure that they're taken care of. So you restructured, explain that because it was a while ago, people forget, but when you hear the Department of Natural Resources, when they say the Parks Department, well, what does that mean? What comes under that? I mean, sure. tree wardens and all of that. Fill us in on Yeah, so we work. have a, um, actually, Walter Hannon created the first Department of Natural Resources uh, back in uh, the mid-70s. He appointed my father as the first commissioner. Joe Larray became the mayor. He abolished the position and uh, went back to the old way of doing things. Originally, my father was appointed the park director. McIntyre then gave him the forestry department. Macaulay gave him the cemeteries. Uh, over time, he, my dad was a great administrator. When they ever had a challenge, they would throw it at, at him. And and uh, he never asked for, a, for an additional dollar for doing any of it. But uh, he was remarkable. But today, we went back to the concept of natural resource department. And, and I'll tell you why. One is the synergy between those departments make perfect sense. So you get parks, you get forestry, cemeteries, recreation, and conservation. Uh, all of them connect, you know, all of them connect. Mm -hmm. Without good parks, your recreation programs are lousy. You know, if you have good parks but lousy recreation programs, we'll go to the parks. I mean, so there's, there's all these connections. But additionally, what we did was we added specific positions. A tree warden who's an arborist who does a fantastic job we have an earth scientist. Uh, she's doing incredible work. And we have a conservator who's maintaining all of those. You've got all these um, yeah, plaques right. and carns and all these things citywide that um, have a historic value that nobody really paid attention to those things. You know, So, 
So we've gotten into a department now that has the, they, they have the teeth, if you will, to really get into those issues that fall under natural resources. For example, we just finished up last year, Butler's Pond, complete restoration, bringing it back to life. And, and it was a, quite a project. And there was mm. a neighborhood group very involved, but the Department of Natural Resources oversaw it. They have the expertise to oversee it and get it done. We're now looking at Sailor's Home Pond, which is on Rice Road in Wollaston, another great spot that needs attention. And uh, what happens is over time with the lack of oxygen, the algae buildup, sediment gets in the pond, et cetera. So it has an effect on the pond's appearance, but also the wildlife that's in the pond. So that's next on the agenda with, with Department of Natural Resources. I remember you actually physically bringing turtles into the pond, weren't you? A few I was, yeah. There, I few. carried a couple into the pond and <laughs> put them back in and... Yeah. Uh, yeah, make sure they didn't bite my finger. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, that was kind of cool. It really was cool. And, and it, it's good stuff. And I know that uh, some of our young people in some of the schools have tapped into some of these projects as well uh, over the years. So you, so you have those pieces. Then, of course, we have the cemetery division, which obviously is a place for a, um, to bury people with dignity. We've been in the cemetery business for a long time as a city. But cemeteries have become parks. I mean, you go through Mount Wollaston, and anytime you go through there, there's people walking, there's people riding a bike, perhaps even sitting uh, near a stone reading. They're a place of quiet that people can go and enjoy. Uh, we're not encouraging any recreational activities in there, of course. They're purely passive, but they're important and, and as part of it. So we, when we did Mount Wollaston over a few years ago, all the roads, we got more compliments from people that you don't think about that, but they're using them to walk and jog and bike and uh, so it gets tremendous use in that regard. And, of course, we're working on Mount Wollaston now. I know we've talked a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. The the gate piece, the veteran section, is being upgraded pretty dramatically, being paid for with federal money. And I'll remind people that the wall at Mount Wollaston was built with federal money, Works Progress Administration, back in the 30s under Franklin Delano Roosevelt. So this, this kind of caps off that project, if you will, with the federal dollars and uh, puts people to work and beautifies the cemetery and certainly that section where we have so many veterans who worked hard in the country and community when they came home from the war. Some didn't return uh, from the war. There's names on uh, all of the monuments from each of the eras, World War One, World War Two, Spanish-American War, Korea, Civil Vietnam, War, Civil yeah. War. We have names up there, people from Quincy who gave the ultimate sacrifice. So that should be treated with great dignity and respect. So we're putting in new flagpoles. We've realigned the monuments, and they'll all be lit at night. Mm. The flags will be lit at night. I think it's going to be absolutely more beautiful. It's hard to believe that it could be now, but it's such a pretty setting. And, of course, we're rehabbing Pine Hill and adding several thousand graves because we're, we expect to be out of graves by perhaps uh, the early next year. If we weren't doing the additional pieces, we could be doing cremations, but... There were no more additional lots available up at Pine Hill Cemetery. So that is well underway, and uh, it's really shaping up nicely. I took a ride the other day and saw the new office building. It's being built for the public to come in and for the transactions and when they meet with the families up there to pick a grave. The roads are all going to be done all over. We're going to add additional uh, burial space for veterans, and there'll be spaces available to, uh, for sale for the average person that lives in Quincy. And there's several thousand new graves going to be available. There's also some cremation niches and walls because that's uh, New England's kind of a little bit further behind the country, but a lot of areas, cremation is the vast majority of barrels today. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still not close to what other parts of the country are, but we are now adjusting for that. And, and I know the different religions have different opinions on that, but certainly it's something as a culture and society we, we've adjusted to. And 
uh, we're dealing with that, and and that will become beautiful. And probably because Pine Hill is at the at the base of Blue Hills, so there's a lot more wildlife up there. I mean, mm. you you see the um, you know the deer all the time up there. They yep. come down to eat the flowers after a funeral. Um, <laughs> really? Oh yeah, I remember being at the cemetery to director years ago and somebody complaining someone took all the flowers after the funeral and we actually took pictures over the years so we could show people say look this is what happens yeah. especially in the winter time when they're yeah. hungry they come down and and uh, in fact if, if it's a bad winter if you look at the shrubs the shrubs are eaten up to a certain height that's as far as they can reach uh <laughs> so it's pretty active up there with with obviously deer and all kinds of other wildlife mm. uh it is an area that's protected um, by snake habitat uh, under the state, so we're we're careful with that as well. But, yeah, the, the 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 rattlesnakes have come back to that area, right? Well, rattlesnakes have always been in the Blue Hills. They are protected species, as as are the copperhead snakes mm-hmm. as well. I'm you know whatever on that. I'm not a big snake fan, but <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> but it's it's going to be magnificent when it's finished. I always thought Pine Hill was kind of the poor stepchild to Mount Wallace, but when we're finished, it'll be equally beautiful. Well, and as you mentioned, it gives dignity to the families, to the uh, to the memories of the people that have passed through, whether it's in wars, but also gives dignity to the to the city overall, and with this, with the beautifications, all the beautification that's happening. Indeed, and we and the, and they maintain obviously those are the two big ones, but they maintain Hancock and uh, the Sailor Cemetery down in um, in uh, Germantown, the Sailor Cemetery out off of Fenno Street. Um, so, and then of course we city purchase Hall place many many years ago it was a private cemetery and then it was turned over to the city that's right being near st mary's so they, they have a lot of uh, a lot of acreage to cover and maintain and keep up and so it's really i view it as part of the park system in a sense you know um, there's trees there there's places to to relax and get away from the uh hustle and bustle of an urban area and of course the last few years we've also added to the to the inventory if you will the, the, the beachcomba site for example you know, a lot of people said to me, you would like to get a restaurant back, and we tried and tried, but the only development that was going in there wanted to be a number of housing units, and we said, no, um, we're not doing that. So uh, we ended up taking it, and the city council supported that, and it's now been planted, um, and the next couple of years we'll start to fill in. It'll be kind of a passive area, mm. uh, and we will be honoring um, the history of the site we're under uh, an agreement now in a contract with Ryan Ackerman, who's a artist with granite, and we're going to uh, acknowledge the great contributions of Jimmy McGettrick, Joe Kinnikos, and some Fantastic. of the special acts that happened down there. Mm. You know? So there's a lot in the city. I mean, we're not a huge city, but uh, I'm, we we got a lot of ground here for people to enjoy. Well, and finally, in parks, uh, you had mentioned all the all that stuff that's happened in all the open spaces. Well, because all that's been done, a lot of these parks now. Many of the parks, the larger parks, have been activated. You activate it with entertainment. This has never happened before as much as it's happened now. We would have our few festivals, the things that are always happened in the city, but now there's been a lot more going on in the, in the, at Hancock Adams Common. Even Kilroy Square has that open space where now that the farmer's market's there and the, yes. it's activating all these spaces. That's also because of the parks being fixed and done over. Yeah, right. I think we've, uh, we've elevated the culture of our city big time. And, um, you know, we're a diverse community and we've got a lot of great people that live here. And people enjoy getting out and taking advantage of these. So, yes, we, we have livened up Hancock Adams Common with monthly programming, which uh, I've been at some of them and, and they're well attended. People seem to really enjoy it. Veterans Memorial Stadium is, is the home now of the Free Jacks, but, you know, it was the home of the Cannons prior. Uh, two champ- national championship teams play right at Veterans Memorial Stadium over the years. Uh, and they've activated that space a little bit more with concerts and music so festivals and boxing. Uh, and yeah. people love this. It's yeah. you know, it's a 
things to do for people right in their own backyard. Mm -hmm. Now, I know the music festival, there's some folks that didn't like some of the noise, hearing it all weekend long, because (laughs) you do have neighborhoods that you can hear everything that's going on in the stadium with the sound system, such Mm -hmm. as it is. But having said that, overall, people seem to be really enjoying the activities that we've promoted. And I, and I my hat's off to the to the group that has activated the Ruth Gordon Amphitheater. Yeah, we've, great uh, job this summer. They took a lead on that. We provided some funding toward it. And obviously the Park Division works with them on that piece of it. So that's been great. People enjoy that. So good stuff all mm. around. Good stuff. Yeah, great things. All right, so that wraps up Parks today, Mayor. I think that's a good ending for today's short episode. But we wanted to talk about Parks and... As we come to the end of the summer, September is sometimes the best time to enjoy these parks. September, oh, October. absolutely, absolutely. And I'm Man, a pack guy. I'm a pack guy. All right, then. So I got nothing else to add. You want to add anything else, sir? Nope. Peace. Right. We'll see you next time on City View.